This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to the show. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. ESPN 2, of course, all of our great ESPN stations across the country, Sirius XM Channel 80, and the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Yes, college football playoff rankings released last night. We got a couple of surprises in there. Good morning, everybody. How Good are you? morning. I'm doing well. Good. We're going to discuss the college football playoff rankings. Yes. Different than the rankings that we were discussing before we came on air. You can't do that. Why, why can't I do that? Because you can't now. You put me in an impossible position. That is my goal. <laughs> Every single morning when I wake up, how can I give Evan Cohen the old screw job? That's what I'm thinking. How can I do hey, that while crazy. keeping my job? That is my goal. Every single morning when I wake up, how can I make Ev's job as difficult as possible? So part of my job is to provide context and texture and storylines around this, right? Yes. And leave While my- having perfectly coiffed hair, by the way. Oh, you like my hair today? Oh, Shout I out like to Anita. Every day. Your, yeah. your hair is perfect. I like it. I like it, yeah. It is okay. coiffed. Um, so part of it is to like provide the context and leave nothing kind of just hanging. So, Cece, what were you ranking before uh, the show? Oh, <laughs> well, if we, if we must. <laughs> you must. No, I, didn't I, don't, say I it. don't know if I'm going to do that. All I can say is I know why James Harden was trying to get back to Houston, mm-hmm. and it had nothing to do with the team that was on the court for the Rockets. Mm, got it, it. It had to do with the, with the other team, where his jersey is hanging up in the rafters. Well, you always want to have that goal of getting your jersey retired. Drop that right there. Good morning, Smalls. How are you doing? Good morning. Yeah, I heard Houston has great recreational activities. Absolutely. Absolutely. What just happened here? I mean, I love what just happened here. But well, how, we were talking about rankings. How did we get there? Oh, rankings. It, it was yeah. the rankings. The college yeah. football playoff rankings. Yeah, right. We had the penultimate rankings. Right. Today. Yeah. Which is also now we know one of CeCe's favorite wines. Absolutely. Wine. Which which I, may or, which yeah. I may or may have, have partaken in at one of these establishments that James Harden is known to frequent. Mm, okay. Yeah. Oh, so there you go. Top shelf. A top shelf. Okay. Yeah. okay. So, level of sophistication. Look at that. <laughs> I don't. All right. So Sophista Ratchet. <laughs> when I look at the rankings, I don't see Houston in there. $500 bottle mm. of wine and some glitter. Let's go. <laughs> college, college football playoff rankings. I don't see Houston. I don't see Great Miami. I don't see UNLV. Uh, UNLV. Okay. Well, UNLV, Miami, Houston. They're not St. in the Louis? Co- St. Louis. They're not in the college football uh, playoff rankings. Okay. Uh, anyway, right. we do have the college football playoff rankings last night. Georgia won. Michigan two. Was- okay, so that that is actually surprising a little bit in itself. Yeah. Washington three and FSU four. What's really interesting is Oregon then goes five, and this is the one that had everybody like. Wait, what? Ohio State is six. Texas is seven. Alabama is eight. Now, for context on this, no team ranked lower than six has ever actually made the college football playoff this week into next week. Meaning if you're, if you're less than six or worse than six going into this final weekend here, no team has ever made the college football playoff. So that would give you the indication that even if Alabama beats Georgia – they're not in. Which is absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Georgia Georgia is the best team in the country according to the rankings. Georgia is undefeated. They were undefeated last year, won the national championship. If Alabama beats them in the conference championship game, not only would they have the best win of anybody in consideration for the Final Four, 
But you're talking about them being the SEC champions, winning the preeminent conference when it comes to the college football landscape. How ridiculous would it be for Alabama to upset Georgia and find themselves on the outside looking in and the one blemish on their record happens to be a team that's top seven in the college football playoff penultimate rankings? It makes no sense, Malls. And that's why in looking at this whole thing and going through all these different scenarios, I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm, I'm completely no, that's over it. 7.45. No, 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 no. Forget about it. I'm taking it from Pat Costello. I'm over it. I'm over the college football playoff committee. I'm over it. The whole idea is ridiculous. To call it a playoff when it's really only four teams is ridiculous. Yeah. I can't wait for it to expand to 12 because I'm tired of all these machinations about who's out, who's in. You know what? There are some teams that are going to be left out in the cold that could actually win a national championship because of what they have on their roster. And they're not going to have a chance to compete for it because of the committee, because of strength of schedule, because of the analytics. Oh, and because we're going to use this convoluted eye test where we are going to factor in an injury, but then we're not going to factor in an injury. And I'm over Boo Corgan, the the college football playoff committee chairman. I'm over him. He needs to shut his mouth. I don't want to hear him talk. I don't want to hear him explain why Florida State belongs in the Final Four when a week ago they didn't and try to dismiss the impact of Jordan Travis's injury. I'm over it. I'm tired. I can't wait till we expand to 12. This is absolutely ridiculous. Totally understand where CC is coming from. He's tired of hearing Boo Corrigan. Here he is from Amber and Ian last night. <laughs> There's certainly a different team, right? than what they are, but they continue to win games. That's about and, Florida you know, There's nothing easy about winning down in Gainesville. There's nothing easy about rivalry games and, and kind of where you let off with Washington State, you know, in, in Florida, et cetera. You, you know, but, you know, Tate Rodemaker made plays. Trey Benson scores three touchdowns. The defense gives up 13 points. I mean, you know, really good team. And as we think, I think we talked about it last week, you know, there's 84 other scholarship players on that team that are out there playing, that know how to play, and, you know, they got some dudes, as I like to say. You could really apply that, though, to any team in the top 10 or the top 8, everything he's saying about about Florida State. But I'm with you. I really don't understand the logic of placing Alabama where they put them at number 8. What they're telling you is head-to-head matters. That's why they're behind Texas, because Texas beat Alabama head-to-head. That's fine. But then if Alabama beats Georgia head-to-head at the end of the season, doesn't that tell you that they're better than Georgia? They're better than the number one overall team, therefore they should have a spot in? It doesn't make sense to me. Well, that's the part of it that I don't get, Smalls, because they're talking about a win that Texas had in the first quarter of the season, and now we're at the end of the season. Alabama and Jalen Milrow have grown as a team. Remember, Alabama was shuffling quarterbacks at the beginning of the season. They had three different guys getting Mm -hmm. significant playing time before they settled back on Jalen Milrow. They are a different team than they were when Texas beat them early in the season. And if it comes down to -to head-to-head matchups and it's all about strength of schedule, then let the computer make the damn picks. We don't need a committee of two dozen people in a room huddled up in Grapevine deciding who the final four teams are. I think how well teams are playing this time of year should factor into the math as to who the final four teams should be. And there's no argument to be made that Texas doesn't belong in the top five or six when it comes to teams that are playing the best football right now. That's how good they are. I get it. They needed a conversion on fourth and 30 in a rivalry game against an Auburn team that's got going anywhere in order to win in Jordan-Hare Stadium. I get it. That being said, They won the damn game. And if they win this week against Georgia, neutral site, SEC Conference Championship game, again, it is the single best win 
that any team that would be in the Final Four would have this season. It only makes sense. And here's the other thing that was ridiculous about what Chairman Corrigan had to say. Really, we're going to wait the win against Florida as the reason why Florida State belongs in the Final Four? I, I just I don't understand. Well, if that's the case, Florida, then, then get, Alabama should be hired. They well, just beat Auburn, too. He's talking about how difficult Florida is to beat. I mean, Florida has seven losses this yeah. year. What, what are we talking well, about? Well, the question that was asked by Amber was about, do you factor in rivalry games? Because it was probably going to get to the place of, well, what about Alabama and Auburn? By the way, we're leaving out one huge part of this. Not leaving out. We haven't gotten to one huge part of it. Ohio State is still alive. They need a lot of help. Ohio, no, guys, Ohio State is still alive. So which is closer to being true then? Ohio State is alive or Alabama and Texas are dead? I think Alabama has a better chance of getting in than Ohio yeah, State Yeah, I don't does. think Ohio State's in. Well, how? Then you're, te- you're telling me Alabama will do something that no team has ever done yeah. in the history of college just football. Because it, just because it happened doesn't mean it can't happen. Yeah, I correct. understand. Well, because you have the unique circumstances where Alabama does play Georgia. They would be a conference champion, and they would have the best win, the single best win of any team in the college football playoff. Agreed. There's no way you can keep both SEC schools out. How ridiculous would it be if we're having a Final Four with no representation from the best college football conference in the country? And it's not not me saying it. It's the AP saying it. All you got to do is look at the rankings. They're the best college football conference in America. And you mean to tell me the conference champ, if it happens to be Alabama, is going to be left out in the cold? That takes away all legitimacy, all credibility for the college football playoff as a whole. Yeah. But if you look There's at the no actual way that, that could happen. I, I agree with you. And when I asked you this question yesterday, I said, could we actually have both SEC teams out? You immediately, and I agreed with you, you're like, come on, what are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. And the rankings would indicate we could, which no, is freaking crazy. You're right, and I don't want to mean to bite your head off. No, I'm you just, I'm, I'm just yelling at the college football playoff committee because I just you think it's, my head it's, it's so fine. ridiculous. I mean, to think that... Nor Alabama nor Georgia would have a chance to compete for a championship. Yeah, it's crazy. But Florida State, with excuse me, Tate Rodemaker would have a chance to win a national championship. But they have no. Dudes. They have dudes. They, they do have dudes. And Georgia and Alabama <laughs> don't have dudes. Look at all of the draft picks they put in the NFL the last year. But can I play out one other scenario as to why I think Ohio State actually is absurdly small, still alive? Let's say Georgia wins. They have to win. Let's say Michigan wins. Let's say in this spot, Washington wins. And then let's say Florida State loses. And then they'll say Texas loses. Ohio State's getting in. No. Think about this for a second. Yeah, lay that out one more time. Yeah, no, that wasn't easy to understand. They <laughs> <laughs> laid out 17 different games. Go ahead, go ahead. Georgia wins, they're 13 0. They're yep. number one. They're Michigan in. wins, they're 13 0. They're number two. They're in. Which, by the way, Michigan should be number one based on the fact that if you have Ohio State ranked six, Michigan should have moved up. I was shocked that they didn't move right. up. Right. So that's, that's another thing. So Michigan's 13 0. Let's say Washington wins Friday night. ESPN Radio will have the game against Oregon. That puts them 13 0. That gives Oregon a second loss. They're out. Let's say FSU loses to Louisville. In the ACC title game. People are looking for a reason to have FSU out anyway. The loss would kick them out. Okay? Oregon then is five. They're out at, at 11 and two. Yep. Texas, let's say they lose to Oklahoma State, right, in their Big 12 championship game. And Alabama would have a second loss. Ohio State is then in. Ohio State at 11-1, idle this weekend, is in the college football playoff as the four seed. And you will see Georgia and Ohio State, Michigan and Washington. There's your college football playoff. Here's why you're not crazy, and I heard this from Heather Dinich last night. She said, we've never seen the four teams in the college football playoff that are undefeated all win their conference championship games. Somebody's going to lose. Somebody's going to lose. Like, that's what history tells us. So buckle up. Like, it's going to be that kind of party this weekend. I just think it's ridiculous that if Alabama – 
wins the SEC that they wouldn't be in the college football playoff. Yeah, I think that would be ridiculous too. But I wonder if the committee will hold that against Ohio State, that they don't have an opportunity to play themselves into the playoff. Okay, who well, are you going to put in instead of them? I think that they would rather have Alabama and Georgia in, don't you? Well, George, you can have Alabama with two losses? No, I'm, if they beat Georgia. Well, I yeah, think they might find a way to right. still put Georgia in or uh, yes. to work Alabama in and keep Georgia in. That I agree with. But we're talking about the scenario, though. Yeah. If, if Ohio Every- State can get in, they need Michigan to win. They need Georgia to win. And then they need Washington to win. Yeah. And then they've got to have Texas lose, and they've got to have Florida State to lose. Which is not that crazy. Which is is. not crazy. It's not that crazy. crazy. But I just see the committee not wanting the chips to fall that way. But the three of us sat here yesterday, and we had Ohio State eighth. They had them sixth. And that's the lowest number of any team that has ever gotten in. So they kept them in striking distance. Yeah. They kept them in striking distance. Yeah. Like, Ohio State is still alive right now. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That is your telephone number to be a part of the Dr. Pepper call in line. ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season. Without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the ones fans deserve. They're really holding on to them wins against Notre Dame and Penn State, ain't they? (laughs) Yeah, They are really holding on to those wins, boy. I tell you. So what we need to know from you, you. the (laughs) most absurd thing you saw last night with the college football playoff, is it that Michigan's not number one? Is it that Ohio State is too is, is is alive right now, or the fact that we maybe possibly could have two SEC teams not in it and no SEC teams in the college football playoff when it comes to Georgia and Alabama? The most absurd thing you saw last night with the college football playoff rankings, which will be, by the way, announced noon Eastern on ESPN and ESPN Radio on Sunday. Coming up, we will get your phone calls in on that, plus the owner of the Carolina Panthers spoke, and uh, boy, you're going to want to hear this in just a little bit. You're also going to want to hear about what you need to do this holiday season. And that is get real Christmas trees, the farm fresh Christmas trees. It's time for an incredibly important announcement this holiday season. Let's keep the American farmer working. And if you want to do that, buy the real Christmas trees. They are low, low prices on real Christmas trees. It's the best value around. There's availability for all of your Christmas trees out there, the real ones. Get real, keep it real this holiday season by buying real Christmas trees. Buying fake Christmas trees means the American farmers could be losing their jobs. Plus, there are plenty of other benefits towards buying real Christmas trees, like creating those real, authentic holiday memories, and they're safer for the environment. You can get them, and they're available at lows, low prices, or wherever Christmas trees are sold. And for more information online, go to, and plus you can participate in cool contests, go to getrealkeepitreal.com. That's getrealkeepitreal.com. Low prices, available, good for the environment, saving the Christmas tree farmers. Getrealkeepitreal.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. 
my reputation away from this game is one for extreme patience. There's no reason why that doesn't come here, too. It does. That patience comes with good performance. I have a hard time imagining this is going to be an attractive job, just given how dysfunctional it seems on his face. And now you're adding another degree of difficulty on Bryce's development. The only negative is you might not be there long enough for it to matter. But when you're talking about, well, guys pass up on the interview, no way. They're all taking the interview. Unsportsmanlike is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com for more information. We are going to get to the comments made by the owner of the Carolina Panthers, David (laughs) Tepper, in just a little bit here. But college football playoff has people hot this morning, us as well. Obviously, many of you out there at 888-SAY-ESPN, at Unsports ESPN, where you can follow us in the Dr. Pepper or call online and inbox. Basically, here's I'm just going to try to summarize the best I can the beefs that people have here. Michigan not number one, Ohio State still alive, and the possibility, which is just crazy to think, that we may not have an SEC team in the college football playoff. It's not impossible, based on the rankings, for that to happen. All right, let's get to the phones and the Dr. Pepper call online. People want to weigh in on their biggest beef from last night. Uh, Steve in North Carolina, listening on 99.9 The Fan in Raleigh. What's up, Steve? Hey, what's up, y'all? Listen, I agree with some of the stuff that Kante actually just said. I'd be glad when it gets to 12 games. But the bottom line is there is no such thing as a good loss. And when you lose, regardless of what conference you're in, regardless who you're playing, as far as who, what teams are, yeah, Georgia looks pretty good. A lot of teams look pretty good. But Kante made another comment, that is, which is absolutely true. Anybody can win if they get in. The bottom line is Ohio State won the championship without their starting quarterback a couple of years ago. So uh, I'm saying this stuff, I can't wait to get to 12 games. But as it stands right now, I would love for Alabama to beat Georgia. But then again, Georgia probably win. So we won't have to worry about this conversation anyway. I think it's going – this is the first year I think all the conference people are yeah, a little worried about Washington and Oregon. But I think everybody's going to actually win the conference and, and it's going to work out just the way it is, I think. I think. I don't mean I know. We'll see what happens, Steve. I mean, history would suggest otherwise. I guess the whole point that I was trying to make is if there's going to be a one-loss team that's in the playoff, why wouldn't that one-loss team be the team that has the best win in the landscape of college football all season? That would be Alabama upsetting Georgia in the conference championship game. Like, think about it. What we're talking about is if Alabama beats Georgia and both Bama and Georgia are out, that means there's a pathway for Ohio State or Oregon to be in. And that's the part that just doesn't make sense to me, given how strong the SEC is. Yeah. If Georgia loses, if Alabama beats Georgia, I don't see a scenario that exists where the committee would keep a one-loss SEC team out of the mix. I just can't see that in any way. And I know what Steve was saying about going undefeated, regardless of who you play or the quality of your opponent, is more important than a loss. But the, the committee also wants to encourage tough matchups mm-hmm. and you going against quality opponents because if it was just to go undefeated you play that Michigan schedule 100%. <laughs> and they don't want that they don't want that again I just want to be clear on one thing I want to make sure because I'm looking at something here I want to make sure that we're all on the same page on this as of their rankings not based on what our opinions are but based on what they're telling us we should think if Georgia Michigan and Washington win Oregon Texas uh, FSU and Bama lose Ohio State's the four seed. What? I don't even think Ohio State wants that. No. What? How is that even possible? Brad in Alabama on Sirius XM 80. Do you understand why your squad, I assume you're a Bama fan, is on the outside looking in here? Does it make sense to you? 
Hey, good morning. Love your show. Um, yeah, I understand why they're looking in currently, but if they snap a 29-game winning streak, which, as Canty said, is the best win in the country, they absolutely should be in. But the reason that this is so confusing is because the committee hasn't said, are they putting in the best teams or the most deserving teams? Mm. And that's the confusion. Well, the the most deserving, and thanks for the call, would have an undefeated FSU in there. The best teams would probably not. Well, here's the thing. How can we say a team is not deserving if they win the best conference in college football? Well, yes, that I agree with. Like, 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 I mean, either way, however you want to slice the argument, if Bama beats Georgia, Bama should be in. Period. Yeah. yeah. Now, Anything I, else, no, Nothing else makes sense to me. I could, I could not agree more. So, again, if Bama beats Georgia, Michigan wins and Washington wins and FSU wins, who's in? This is the problem with this because then we have to then say Alabama, So you said Bama beats Georgia, Michigan ba- wins, Washington wins, Florida ba- State wins. Let's say Texas wins too. Texas wins. Who's in? Think about that. I'm going to get the next wow. call. Think about that scenario. It, well, if Texas wins, even if Bama wins, I wonder if they would Again, no, no SEC team. But see, see, like, this, is, what? this is how I can't follow the bouncing ball because they're telling you what the rankings right now head-to-head matters, which is why Texas is above Alabama. So if Texas wins, you follow the bouncing ball and say, okay, they're going to be an over Alabama because of the head-to-head. But if Alabama beats Georgia, that win should supersede everything. I'm going to tell you what I think would happen. Bama should, be in, no, Bama should be in over Texas. I think they would put Georgia. I think they would put Georgia coming off of a loss. If Georgia doesn't drop when Michigan beats Ohio State, in that scenario, I could actually see them what? putting in. So, so the team, the the team that, wins the, the team that yep. wins the conference championship doesn't get in, so, but the team that's the runner-up does. So, uh, wow. I'm, not, I'm not saying I, that's what they should do. I'm saying based on the rankings, that is what they could do. So a Texas that's why, that's why I'm over this whole damn thing. I'm sorry, Smalls. No, you're good. That's why I'm over the college football playoff yeah. as constituted. Yeah, you can't. It should be 12 teams. Why are we trying to boil this thing down to four when we have five power conferences? It's ridiculous. Well, I yeah. guess it's going to four now. But still, the point remains. Why are we trying to boil this thing all the way down to four? Like, stop it. Like just if it's gonna be a playoff, let it be a true playoff. Expand the field to twelve, which we're doing next year, and be done with it. Now we don't have all of this ridiculousness when it comes to the possibilities on conference championship game weekend. That would be bananas if they're gonna value an early season Texas over Alabama win more than they would value an Alabama victory over number one Georgia in the SEC championship game. That would be absolutely bananas. Uh, I don't know how to look at this because I can't believe Ohio State's alive and I can't believe the hypothetical we've been throwing out there about no SEC teams in the college football playoffs is actually a possibility. 888-SAY-ESPN telephone number to join us. We'll get more of your phone calls in on the Dr. Pepper inbox. We've got Candy's power rankings coming up. We will get to this David Tepper sound about the Panthers. It will confuse you. If you think this is confusing, wait till the owner of the Panthers gives you his breakdown of what happened last year at the draft. But first, CC has this from O. Oh, 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 Riley, if I can find it, here right we go. <laughs> Have a car problem, but don't know where to go. Maybe you're miles away from home when your car breaks down. Let O'Reilly Auto Parts help. With O'Reilly Auto Parts shop referral program, take the guesswork out of finding a great shop wherever you are. Call an O'Reilly location near you or visit O'ReillyAuto.com and click Find a Repair Shop to find a reputable service center nearby to get you back on the road. O'Reilly's who you need to roll with. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around 
different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Evan Canty and Michelle are unsportsmanlike. Now that the dust has settled on week 12, it's time for Canty's NFL Power Rankings. All right, CC, are you willing preemptively to guarantee that your rankings of football teams are better than the rankings we saw last oh, night? There's no question teams? about it. My rankings, my power. My power rankings for Week 13 are way better than the penultimate college football playoff rankings. You know why they're better, Smalls? Tell me. Because they actually make sense. Oh, yes, Javante. Drop that NFL music. We ready to kick this thing off? Do you have Ohio State in here? Absolutely not. <laughs> Let's go! Number five. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, this is a team that's won seven of their last eight games, and four of those teams that they've beaten, if the playoffs started today, would be in the tournament. Jacksonville has an underrated defense. They're top three in takeaways, top three in third down percentage, and they got a dude named Josh Allen. If you don't know, you need to know. No, I'm not talking about the quarterback. I'm talking about the pass rusher. This dude absolutely gets out there. They got Foyer, Luakon, Devin Lloyd. This defense is is a pressure oriented defense, they're going to give offenses problems down the stretch. The Jacksonville Jaguars are a sneaky, dark horse contender to make it to the Super Bowl out of the AFC. Let me say that again. Sneaky, dark horse contender to make it out of the AFC. Next. Number four. The Baltimore Ravens. And I know they slid down a little bit, but here's the thing. The Baltimore Ravens have one of the two best defenses in the NFL, and they might not be two. And for all of the things that we talk about with Todd Munkin opening up this offense, they're still tops when it comes to rush offense in the National Football League. The Gus bus is rolling. He's got double-digit touchdown runs on the season. And I'm really impressed by what they've been able to do by getting Zay Flowers the ball in a lot of different creative ways, not just in the passing game, but using them in jet sweeps, using them as a runner, similar to what the 49ers do with Debo Samuel. I am worried about the Ravens' schedule down the stretch. Right now, they're, they got the inside track to be the number one seed, but it gets real after their bye week. They got a tune-up game against the Rams. Then on the road against Jacksonville, on the road against the 49ers, home against Miami, home against Pittsburgh. Yikes. Next. Number three. The Kansas City Chiefs. Listen, I got to knock you down a peg when you got embarrassed on Monday Night Football. 
to the, the Philadelphia Eagles, and it was really of your own doing the self-inflicted wounds. You were down double digits to a division rival in the Las Vegas Raiders who are rolling with an interim head coach. Now listen, the Raiders are playing hard. There's no doubt about it. But there's still something quite not right with the Chiefs' offense, and maybe we just have to get used to this Chiefs team winning games different ways than we're accustomed to under Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid. This is going to be a team that's led by their defense. I think that is what's going to set the floor for this team, and what sets the ceiling for them is whether or not this offense, and specifically those receivers, those young guys, can come around. Next. Number two. Number two, you know who's number two, the San Francisco 49ers. When they're healthy, when they're right, they are as good as anybody in football. And I think the key difference is what they've done on the defensive side of the ball, adding Chase Young at the trade deadline. That has been a seamless fit in terms of their pressure percentage. They're one of the best with four-man rush in the National Football League. I wasn't sure how they would deal with the loss of Talanoa Hafunga, their all-pro safety but we saw it against the Seattle Seahawks. Didn't seem like it was a problem. This is a tough, tough football team to compete against, and they play a brand of ball that's hard to beat once the playoffs kick off. Next. Number one. The Philadelphia Eagles, 10-1, and one, Jalen Hurts. I mean, he's the front runner right now to win the MVP. He's got 29 total touchdowns, and I get that his turnovers are up from last year, but if the game is close, do you have any doubt that he's going to win it? Zero. You have zero doubt. I mean, they're 7-1 and one in one-score games this season. I mean, the only blemish that they have is to the New York Jets, and we all can acknowledge that that was an outlier, but when they play teams like the Buffalo Bills, like the Miami Dolphins, like the Dallas Cowboys, this team just finds a way to win. And here's the crazy part. I don't think they've played their best game yet. And matter of fact, Jalen Hurts said as much. But even in those clutch situations with the game on the line, I don't know that there's any quarterback other than Pat Mahomes that I'd rather have the ball in his hands than Jalen Hurts. And I know what I'm saying because you're a big Joe Burrow fan, Smalls, but I think Jalen Hurts has now entered the chat as one of the most clutch players in the National Football League. So there's the list. Week 13 power rankings. Philadelphia Eagles once again top dog. San Francisco 49ers second. Kansas City Chiefs third. Baltimore Ravens fourth. Jacksonville Jaguars fifth. Smalls, you are my accountability partner. Any objections, any omissions? How about them Cowboys? Eight and three, riding a three-game winning streak. Where's Dallas on the list? I mean, Dallas has got to beat a team that has a winning record. Right now they're over with teams with a winning record. I get it. They've only played two teams that have had a winning record. But that's going to change in short order. That's going to change. I don't know. Carolina? You didn't think about that? <laughs> nah, nah. That would be a college football playoff committee. They would have they Carolina. Would, they, would, they would put the Carolina Panthers in there. Carolina well, we in really like the owner, David Tepper, and he had confidence to make a bold move oh, God. in we're season gonna, firing. We're going to get right, to yeah. that in about 10 minutes. Wait to yeah. hear some of the sound. Because uh, the, the first time I, we played this for Smalls, her head almost fell off. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing. David Tepper was dry snitching on himself. He told on himself yesterday. We'll get to it. Ooh, I don't what want, a tease. Yeah, we'll get to it. So he, was, he, was dry, he, he was dry snitching right. on himself. 888 say ESPN. 888-729-3776. People are still hot, as are we, on the college football playoff rankings. The fact that Ohio State still has a shot to get in. And the fact that two SEC teams in Georgia and Alabama may actually both be out. Is that possible? Carson in Georgia, listening on Sirius XM Channel 80. What's up, Carson? Hey, man, I just want to say you guys had it all wrong. You are wrong today. Usually I love your take because I love your show. Thank but you. today you are all wrong. <laughs> Tell us. Alabama lost to Texas. I don't care when they lost to Texas. They lost to Texas. If, if, if you're going by when they lost to Texas, throw everybody's first month of the season out. 
it wouldn't matter. The fact of the matter is, Jordan has looked better than Alabama all season long. Michigan has looked better than Alabama all season long. Florida State has been doing what Florida State does, get by people. So, so Alabama is going to be number five if everyone else loses. It doesn't matter what happens. Alabama's not getting in. They can beat Georgia. They're going to have to beat Georgia by 100 points in order to get in. But aside from that, they're not getting in. Okay, so when you're saying we're wrong, which we're fine being wrong, we just spent 10 minutes entertaining the idea that Alabama could beat Georgia and not get in. So what are we wrong about exactly? I, well, mostly CC is wrong because he, he said that. Raven. He he has been ranting the Ravens saying that Alabama needs to get in. We're not worried about two SEC teams not being in. At least one's going to be in, and that's going to be Georgia. No, but, not, but that's what we were talking about. Heather Dinich actually suggested that if Georgia loses, they would be on the outside looking in. Now, I don't understand how if Georgia loses, both Georgia and Alabama would not be in the Final Four for the college football playoff. And that, that's the point, and thanks for the phone call, that if Alabama beats Georgia based on their rankings, yes. there's no guarantee that Alabama's in. Which yeah, we so all it doesn't matter be. that Georgia has been better than Alabama all season long. If Alabama beats Georgia in the conference championship game, then Alabama should be in the final four teams uh, in the agreed. college football playoff. But not agree more. But based on their rankings, they're leaving it gray in that maybe they're not in, which feels crazy. You never want to be gray zoned, right? You just don't want you know, that ambiguity, all gray right? Today, right? You know, yeah, you have gray? a you do have a grow fit on. Is that is that gray? A grow fit? A gray outfit? A grow oh. fit? Yeah. What do you think this color is? I don't know what it is. I, I don't know. It's you don't like, like it? It's I, like I've gotten a, green, a lot of buzz like about my green, outfit today. It's got a green Big time buzz to in the hallways. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of like it. You it's, never want to be in the gray, right? It is. It's kind of like a steel color. I would call that steel. Like what Cece has on is classic gray. You've got more of a steel going. I'm wearing steel today. Steel. Like blue steel and Zoolander? Like that, that. Uh, <laughs> no, not like that at all. Oh, okay. Not all like right, that all right. at all. Just, just making sure. Uh, Curtis in North Carolina listening on the ESPN app. What's up, Curtis? Hey, what's going on, Michelle? How y'all doing? Evan, my boy CC. Listen, I'm going to show y'all some love today. I think y'all been on point all morning. And what we're going to get to first, though, is Georgia Georgia has to be number one. I mean, they've they won 29 straight games, so there's no way that Michigan can jump them. So Michigan's going to be solidified in. Curtis, I, I got to interrupt for once. I got to interrupt for one second. We will let you finish. 29 straight games does not apply to this season. We have to we have to leave what happened in the past out because, like, Stetson Bennett's not playing quarterback for them. Jalen Carter, CC's favorite player, is not going to line up this weekend against Alabama. Like, we can't do the 29 straight when we're applying it to this year. I know in our minds we go there, but that's not this specific team. Go ahead. Finish, Curtis. Sorry. I, I, I got you. I understand that point. But if you've got a team like that and they're still undefeated, how do you, how do you justify jumping them if the Big Ten is only really two good teams? You know what I mean? It's really hard to jump Georgia if they're on that type of trajectory. And, you know, CC would, would attain to this being an athlete. It's very hard to win that many games in a row. But getting to the point where we're talking about if Bama does beat Georgia, I think, I think I'm with you, Evan. I think Georgia still gets in at maybe like a four, yep. and Alabama ends up being somewhere around a five. So, But you can't leave a SEC team out, or nobody's going to really watch. I mean, I, I'll step back and let y'all talk. Well, thank you for the phone call. I don't know that nobody's going to watch. It is still the college football playoff. But, but the legitimacy of the playoff goes away. Agreed. Because the SEC is the best 
college football conference in the country. Agreed. Period. And, and this is a television program at the yeah. end of the day. They, this is a business. They want to make sure that they have as many eyeballs on these games as possible. And you're definitely going to lose eyeballs if there's not a one-loss SEC team in there. And listen, if they're saying, wild, if they're saying we're going it to is. do something we've never done before, which is take somebody that has a worse ranking this week than six – and they've caused this conversation, kudos to them. It is a TV show. Last night was a TV show. Sunday at noon, Eastern is a TV show and radio show here on ESPN Radio. And then obviously the playoff is, is a TV and radio show. The one thing about Georgia being one versus Michigan, if you're only going to drop Ohio State to six, then how is that not the best win of any team this year that Michigan had to move them up one slot? Because Ohio was State was a top four team, and they're now only six. We thought they were going to drop to eight. Yes, we they're did. They're at six, yep. which would indicate that that win is so good that Michigan should have moved up one slot. I thought Michigan would be and the number, number one team. And they didn't. I was surprised by that. Coming up, CC said an owner in the NFL dry snitched on himself. I don't actually know what that means, but we'll find out <laughs> next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two. Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, ESPN2, ESPN App Series, XM80, all of our great ESPN stations across the country. We will continue getting your reaction to the college football playoff at 888-SAY-ESPN on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. But yesterday, the owner of the Carolina Panthers, David Tepper, after firing head coach Frank Reich 11 games into the season, Dry snitched on himself. Now, I don't actually know what that means, but CeCe said it, so I'm just going to continue to repeat it as <laughs> if I have a feel for what we're about to do here. Uh, so the couple of pieces of audio when he met with the media yesterday that is just so unbelievably interesting. So this is a guy, by the way, that has fired three coaches in season since he took over as an owner in 2018. Yet he doesn't think he's impatient? My reputation away from this game is one for extreme patience. You know, there's no reason why that doesn't, you know, come here, too. It does. Now, that patience comes with good performance and things that you want to see progress be made on, on different aspects. Um, and as, you know, as I said, 
you know, I would like to have somebody here for 20, 30 years. I'd like to have somebody <laughs> that would say eulogy at my funeral in 30 years. Okay, mm. maybe it's 40 years, I hope. But uh, that's what I'd like to have. Okay, that's interesting. Then he gave the explanation of how they got to the point of drafting Bryce Young. Now, it's been reported, and we talked about it. Originally, we were going to go to the number two pick, and, and uh, we thought we'd get CJ because we thought the Texans were going to pick Bryce. And listen, we preferred Bryce. He was our number one pick. We had a lot of conviction. It's just not the way the process was done. The process was done the way the process was done. And again, even though if there was a process with five people in the room and, four, and the way the votes came in, it was Frank was the first choice, I always could veto that choice. And even if it was Bryce and the votes came in unanimously in this particular case, I could have vetoed that choice. In both cases, I supported both choices. Um, whatever's good, bad, or indifferent is ultimately because the buck stops here and I take full responsibility for everything. Okay, CC, you heard yeah, the it audio. It takes full responsibility, but there's no accountability because you own the damn team. <laughs> Nobody can do anything to you. And here's the thing about Tepper talking about his success in becoming a billionaire and how he's exercised patience in that field. Guess what? You can exercise patience when you understand what's going on, when you can see the entire board. Last time I checked, football ain't his business. He's not a football guy. He's a football fan that has to happen to have a lot of money, and that's why he could buy a team. But it's clear and obvious that he don't know what the hell he's doing. When you're hiring and firing coaches midseason every single year in back-to-back years, something we've never seen, it's obvious you don't know what you're doing. You, you, you fired three coaches in the middle of the season over the span of five seasons. At, at this point, you need to give way, give up your veto power, and let the football people in the building handle the football business. I, I, my heart is hurts for the people in Carolina because I know how much they love that team. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they're going to have to put up with this owner for the foreseeable future is really unfair to them. But David Tepper's talking about process and all of this other stuff, and it just seems really, really ridiculous to me, Smalls, because it's it's clear to me that he's the one that decided to supersede the thoughts, the opinions of the evaluators and go with Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud. And. Even if he's not an expert in the field and he's just a fan, I'm just a fan. I'm not an, a football expert. I'm just somebody who's observed it in various ways for a long time, as I'm sure he is. One of the things that you know, even as an observer, is that one of the most detrimental things you can do to a young player, specifically a young quarterback, is put them in constant turmoil. That is That doesn't take a certain level of expertise to understand. So if he says he's known for his patience, then he should have known as a football fan, not even as a football expert, that the best thing he could do for his future and Bryce Young, his franchise quarterback, is to give him a level of stability when it comes to his head coach and his scheme. And he has failed to do that. It's amazing how many times we see... How can you say you have patience when you fired coaches in the middle of the year and back-to-back years? You know well, what, David you Tepper, you have don't, patience? don't don't tell me, show me. Well, here's the other thing. It's, a, it's amazing how <laughs> many right. times we see owners come into sports and not have the simple understanding of this. When you fire a sales manager in real life, you don't have to have a press conference afterwards. You just don't. Like, you fired a general manager of something. You fired an operations director of something. I'm just making up different terms. You fired your head accountant. You don't have to meet with the media afterwards. Mm-hmm. Nobody's tweeting about it. As an NFL owner or an owner of a team, an NBA governor, whatever it may be, when you make a significant move at a high-level management position, you then have to meet with the media afterwards. Yes. 
That's not translatable to everyday life. I remember living in South Florida when Stephen Ross took over the Dolphins. He's a gazillionaire on the real estate side of things. If he were to have a property gone wrong, there's not 20 reporters sitting in front of him at a press conference grilling him with questions. Yeah. So many of these billionaires are actually not ready for this part of the job. And there's no way they can be. And so I think that there has to be some level of understanding of like, say nothing. Yeah. Say nothing. Yeah, but, but it, go ahead, Tomorrow. Well, I was just going to say, this is what, the third time he's done this, though? The press conference shouldn't be a shock at this point. Not you know right. what's coming. You got a lot of practice at it. You, yeah, but he screwed been... up. He screwed up. Because the one, because Smalls, the one thing that everyone's saying is you're impatient. Instead of saying, I understand how you could see that, I have to show you, like I've shown in my other businesses, that I know what I'm doing with this. But to date, I understand why you'd say that. Instead of saying the exact opposite. No, no, no I am patient. You can't tell me you're patient. You can tell me in a real estate company or in a Goldman Sachs or something like that. You can tell me that. You can't tell me in this scenario. You just can't. Well, it's a complete lack of awareness. That's what it is from David Tepper, but I'm not surprised. But here's the kicker. When it comes to standing in front of the media and answering the tough questions after you make a difficult decision, after disappointing results, you should have a level of transparency. And the level of accountability that you owe the fan base is to answer the difficult questions. And David Tepper did neither yesterday. And that's the part that's disappointing. So there's a columnist for the Charlotte News and Observer, Scott Fowler, who's been on coverage for that newspaper when it comes to sports Forever. in one way or another since 1994. Right. And he tweeted about yesterday not having an opportunity to ask David Tepper about some of the questions surrounding the decision-making process. And the PR staff for the Carolina Panthers gave him no time, didn't allow him to ask any questions, and basically he was summarily dismissed. Uh, To me, that is the part where you betray the public trust as a billionaire. Yeah, it's your money, but it's the city's team, and you owe them the respect of being able to answer these difficult questions, and David Tepper didn't do that. That's disappointing to me. Uh, that's the biggest red flag of all, by the way. As somebody who's covered a very dysfunctional football team for a long time, it, that is losing. When you don't want the media to ask questions so much so that you don't give them the avenue to do their job, that is the biggest red flag because the, that means the dysfunction behind the scenes is so severe that you don't want anybody to find See, out. You're protecting yourself. That's the thing. Like I would have, and I'm saying this about me, I'd have confidence in myself if I were to meet with the media that I could outlast you. I'm, gonna, I'm not leaving until you're done. You're gonna you're gonna run out before I'm gonna run out. But that's that's yeah. But the more questions you answer, the more opportunities you have to make a mistake. Big time. Because it's clear, it's clear, it's not transparency in Carolina, and that's got to be the scariest part for the fan base. But it should also be the scariest part if you're worried about whether or not Bryce Young will develop as a franchise quarterback. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again.
by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.